0: welcome everyone to another episode of brunches and crunches this is a podcast where we're looking to gain a better perspective on and understanding of the world around us through the eyes of other peoples and hear their stories and opinions and why they are and how they came to be so i'm very happy to say i'm here with our other contributor bruce and our very special guest dominique wickland welcome thank you uh I actually yeah. heard you speaking at the Black Lives Matter protest, and I thought that you had a really unique perspective. So can you tell us a little bit about, like, how did that opportunity come to be for you? Uh, it's
1: so funny. So I got a message Thursday night at, uh, at like, 5 p.m. before the protest from wow. my past um, social justice teacher from high school and she messaged me and she was like hi I think you need to speak at this I think you have a voice that could really add to the conversation just like copy me on the email send it to the organizer and like you're going to speak at this tomorrow and I was like oh amazing in front of like yeah really amazing and so friggin stressful (laughs) I was (laughs) yeah yeah, I was very much just like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? And I was sitting at the dinner table with my mother and she was like, well, you're going to do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no question, really. It's...
1: Yeah, no no question, really. And I did it because at the last protest I was at, mm-hmm. um, I maybe like heard some stuff said on the microphone that I didn't agree with. And mm-hmm. like at the last protest, I saw a lot of like, this men taking up space and maybe not realizing like how they were taking up space and that like mm-hmm. having like trans and non binary voices, like like having those voices saying stuff is important. And like having like fucking women speak is like really important. <laughs> For sure. So so I thought it was important to um like I thought it was important to add that comber just to add to that conversation
0: yeah for sure so yeah. you were like so you were involved in this in high school then or something to that degree um
1: well kind of like my high school was uh really cool and then it offered one of the first social like it's the the class is called social justice mm-hmm. um and it's it's an elective class and we my teacher is annie O'Hana, and she like there's nothing that she doesn't do. She's kind of mm-hmm. like, I have no idea how she has so much energy. She ran for office with the NDP oh,
3: awesome.
1: in, in in Fleetwood. I think she, that was where she was running. And she was, um, and while still being a full-time teacher and she was running for office.
2: Wow. Just,
1: yeah. Wow. So would you say yeah, that yeah. she's
2: kind of your role model in this? Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, she's definitely. Yeah, she's definitely one of my role models, and like, and like, she's someone that I'm always interested to hear what she has to say. I wouldn't necessarily say we agree on every politics, (laughs) but that's like, I think that's good to have in mentors and in people that like push you. I have a lot of people that push me and and I'm always like so thankful Mm -hmm. for that because like I'm a very depressed person. I do not always like reach for the, I do not always reach for the fruit. Sometimes like, you know, I need like somebody Mm. to hold the ladder for me.
2: (laughs) But there's those people in your network that are very supportive of what you do and, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. the public speaking side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to like like, I think about if I had had to, like, make my own dinner Thursday night, as opposed to just, you know, cleaning the kitchen after, like, <laughs> and, like, it's, it that's what it comes down to, I think, like, yeah. community care, yeah, and, like, how you care for each other mm. is such a big part of, I think, of, like, social responsibility, and community care is a phrase we have because of disability justice, <laughs> mm. <laughs> that... And, um, I didn't know that. Well, you think of, um, I don't know if I can art- be articulate about this. Um, yeah, I can't be articulate about it. But like community care <laughs> and disability justice are inherently tied. Oh, mm-hmm. that's,
2: that's interesting. I mean, I I volunteer for a, a, an organization called Assist List. And they do, you know, they mm. provide a used equipment listing site for people mm-hmm. To go to to find used equipment and so,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I mean I'm I'm in that, but I had never really thought of like the ties between community care and um, disabilities. But uh, I'll definitely look mm-hmm. into it now now that you kind of mentioned it. So
3: yeah,
2: and that's kind of the essence of yeah. what this podcast is about, right? Is kind of discovering new mm-hmm. things and learning about your perspective and you know, um, I guess one of my questions is like what motivates you and what really drives you to do what you do. Um, and yeah, so, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, so I'm a drag artist. Like, yeah. I'm a theater artist. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, like, I've mostly been doing drag. And um, my, the thing that motivates me is that I believe the world can be better. Mm. And I believe that, um, like, I think about my motivation is like who is at the party Hmm. and and if it's if only certain people feel safe to be at the party and maybe only people only certain people can get to the party because like if buses are full they will drive past folks using mobility aids Mm -hmm. um and like have you considered what the lighting is maybe going to do to somebody who has epilepsy like does your does your party only have strobe light like Have you considered, um, like, do you hand out earplugs at the party so that folks Mm -hmm. with, like, so the folks with sensory issues can, like, come to the party? Um, Like, is there an accessible washroom? Is there um, accessible seating? Is there any seating at all? Yeah. And... And like, what's the racial makeup of your audience? Is it only white people? Why is that? And have like mm. a good conversation with yourself about why that is. And um, so like my belief is that there is a party that everyone can come to, even if it's only for a couple of hours. That's awesome. And, and like, that's the, that's kind of like my motivate. That's kind of like my motivation. I just think Vancouver can be a lot better than it is.
2: That's so great and a lot of the times that those types of conversations get lost or you know we don't really have them and i feel like it's so important mm-hmm. to talk about it when you're creating a party when you're creating a website you know the things i do on mm-hmm. in my day-to-day job is like oh you're working on a website have you thought about accessibility you know have you thought about mm-hmm. people with visual impairment and how they're going to go through the
3: website mm-hmm.
2: so um Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. making sure that everyone has, uh, you know, a a seat at the table and trying to accommodate for an experience for everyone that is inclusive and uh, Mm -hmm. brings them to that party, right? (laughs) That's a really good way of putting it, I feel like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for like queer folks that live in the outer borough, not even like, boroughs is like a term to describe New York, but like for Mm -hmm. queer folks that like live in Ladner, Mm. what time can they stay till to get home safely? Mm. You know, and why isn't there a party closer? And like, just why mm. does access to queer community, like, why is access to queer community determined by how close you live to,
0: um, to
1: like somewhere that it is really expensive to live?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, you know? so basically, yeah.
0: you're, you're finding, yeah. sorry, Bruce, you're just like, yeah. your goal is to like be inclusive and considerate of every possible person you could.
1: Yeah and I fail miserably quite often and but it's better to like admit that you're trying and failing. There's this one there's this like one production company who books a lot of like Vancouver Pride stuff and well I don't know when this podcast is coming out but maybe you'll be able to like link my statement on why I'm not performing in Vancouver Pride. Um, (laughs) I haven't released it yet. This is your this is your like exclusive take, but oh, they like, yeah, they posted a whole bunch of like Canada day stuff and then they deleted the post and Mm. they didn't. My thing is that if you're making comments in the public sphere that you should apologize for them in the public sphere Mm
3: -hmm.
1: or that you should at least like acknowledge that you made them Mm. like white supremacy thrives in silence. You know? Yeah.
0: So you're suggesting like like they were they were talking about pro Canada Day when we all know Canada Day is like about colonization and basically about the genocide mm-hmm. of the indigenous people. Is that kind of what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they, so rather ra- yeah. rather than apologizing, they just pretended that it was didn't happen, kind of thing. Exactly. And for some
1: reason, this is the production company who's booking Vancouver Pride, which is supposed to be like so I have a hard time like I yeah so so like you have to you have to admit that you that you failed is my thing like just admit that you failed and open yourself up to having that conversation because clearly if you failed like that you're not having it and you need help
3: right
1: (laughs)
2: a lot of this kind of ties into like the PR aspect of things and they just don't want to stir up controversy, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just want to sweep it under. Mm-hmm. So, um, But
3: yeah.
2: I think it's a really strong statement for you to, you know, say I'm sitting out on this one and, you know, mm-hmm. because of this and really kind of raise awareness for the fact that maybe this production mm-hmm. company should not be
1: the ones that are kind of running this mm-hmm. running the
2: show.
3: Yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. So- Before I accepted the gig, well, I never accepted the gig, (laughs) but when I, like, when I got the email, I sent them an email back and I was like, one, how many other BIPOC performers have you booked? Mm -hmm. And two, are you going to address the comments you made? And I got an answer to number one. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: it was a really positive answer. They said it's entirely BIPOC cast. And they also said that I was the first person to ask that question. Mm -hmm. And the reason I was the first person to ask that question is because they haven't sent themselves they haven't set themselves up publicly as a company who is interested in asking those questions. Right. So somebody who is broker than me cannot like cannot ask that question because mm-hmm. like there's just this there's just this fear around it and I do not blame anyone that took the gig. I have been mm. so like I've just been felt so stressed, like so stressed. And the reason that I can ask these questions is because I have a support network, um, yeah. but it can be really stressful to ask questions of these professional companies who can impact your professional career. You see, yeah, it's not easy
0: yeah yeah that's true I mean a lot of people are probably worrying that they're gonna not be selected in the future if they speak out against something which is a problem in Mm -hmm. almost every industry you know Mm -hmm. film like sexual assault and this kind of thing and so Mm -hmm. yeah I think this is an ongoing problem with things it's the fear of like Mm -hmm. corporations basically because they've got the money Mm -hmm. and we don't so Mm yeah
1: yeah but it should worry you if i'm the first person to ask that question it means that you are failing (laughs) you are failing you do not represent the people
2: (laughs) yeah and it should be part of their mission statement it should be like ingrained in their Mm. their culture to be you know Mm
1: -hmm. to be that it's definitely not yeah (laughs) yeah Hmm. okay
2: so maybe let's take a step back and look at so how did you get into drag because i'm really curious um
1: Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's like a fun little story. I am um, if somebody's being really obnoxious at a party, and it's just like, yeah, I do this drag, I do this drag. I have like the finisher <laughs> statement, and um, and I'll say it like particularly obnoxiously if somebody is being obnoxious. Yeah. But so um, let me just like muster it up. I am so I started doing drag in Berlin, you know. I just like Um, asked if I could go on stage and, and, you know, I just, that's how I would say it if you were like being a jerk, but because (laughs) you aren't, I'll like give you the full thing. (laughs)
3: That's great.
1: Yeah. Well, so I did like a semester abroad um, and I had to do directed study and I wanted to do it. I noticed certain things in the performing community in Vancouver so, my directed study was on exotification on stage, hmm. and like what that looks like in a different city. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I discovered that, like I couldn't really comment on it if I hadn't been on stage myself, so
2: so you gotta I like jump into the shoes yeah. and
3: hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. That's really I, cool.
2: And then, so God. what was Berlin like?
1: Mm-hmm. Really? the um, so Berlin was really lovely, but I also had like a different experience because I was there with school. So like, I didn't have to mm. find my own apartment, you know, that was provided for me. I was like, we were, there were three of us living together and it was really, like, it was really lovely. Um, I would say that I miss, the club, but actually, what I miss maybe the most is Monster Ronson because, which is which is where I did. It's a karaoke bar, okay. and every Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, Pansy present Presents um, the House of Presents, and Giza Poke also also has like a mean. little like newbie show. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know what a Giza is. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe it's like Giza. I like, I have no idea. (laughs) And maybe I'm like saying something really inappropriate. Maybe it's like a really fun pun, but yeah, I don't know. Have either of you been to Berlin? Like, have you, have you been to Berlin? No. No. Okay, okay. Well, it's really, (laughs) it's really fun it's really fun
2: that's what i hear i hear that you know if Mm -hmm. you were to go to germany you got to stop by and um Mm -hmm. there's just a lot going on and it's not like your typical you know very upright city there's you know a lot going on there that's what i hear so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: a lot of culture
0: i was Mm -hmm. curious i'm curious of like being like a non-binary person like when you say drag Mm -hmm. does it mean like An exaggerated form of either sex or do you go more to one or the other or you know what What it depends on how much
1: money I'm trying to make it depends (laughs) on how much money I'm trying to make um because if like I I've noticed that if I um well like the last things that I've noticed in terms of like tips for me is the less clothes the better um (laughs) the harder yeah, you know.
3: Your pro just, tips.
1: I mean that's yeah. like with yeah, like that's with it. most
0: things, right?
1: Yeah, like with most things, the less close the better. Um yeah. And I've also noticed that like Yeah, I try to like I just what do I do? What do I present on stage? I like present me times three sa times three thousand. So like <laughs> gender fluidity if I put on a wig that's an extra $20 like right there but I don't like to put on the wigs um, <laughs>
3: um
1: but I recently like I mean COVID I I bought some stuff online yeah and I bought this like orange satin like it's like a one piece but then it also have like a cape on it it's it's everything it's it's, yeah sounds unique it's beautiful and i'm like this is and so from like wearing something shiny it just depends on like what your idea of gender is yeah yeah Yeah, and that's what i I present
0: and that's that's the amazing thing like about Mm -hmm. non-binaries it totally shapes up your whole understanding of like what gender Mm -hmm. is because so many people are so like structurally like pink girl like blue boy you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I think it's just coming with the grounds of most people are kind of unsure of what does it actually mean and a lot of people are confused and and I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you that too like is it Mm -hmm. okay for people like that don't maybe they grew up in a small town or haven't experienced Mm -hmm. it before is it okay for them to be uncomfortable with it because they don't understand or Mm -hmm. or is it kind of thing where they should just get over it and and get with it kind of thing? (laughs)
1: Well I think the thing is like in terms of like comfort, I would just like in terms of like what is comfort? But to me it's very much just like respect, you know? Like if you're if you're uncomfortable with an idea and you have no and like it's like totally brand new to you, then like why aren't you like why aren't you working to understand like your discomfort?
0: Yeah. You
1: know? It's yeah. I I spend a lot of time self-reflecting. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time self-reflecting. And I just think that like so much, like so much not could be solved, but there's just so much reflection that like needs to happen. If like somebody's idea of gender is like challenging to you, that comes from a place of like insecurity. You know and if you're if you're insecure in your own like gender identity then like that's between you can take it to the altar in the words of julie black <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: you know so I, it's think it's, much, I think it's kind of yeah.
0: from my interpretation mm-hmm. it's, it's something that mm-hmm. people need to educate themselves on and and maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily like expect you know, non-binary people to educate them, like, you know, everyone is mm-hmm. a human and deserves to re- be respected and treated equally. So, uh, yeah, I know I just, I try to ask that myself because like I have friends that would be like, Oh, like, like what's that? Or was, and I'm trying to like, think, yeah. like you know, like, sure. It's okay to question. Don't treat anyone differently, mm-hmm. but like, you mm-hmm. know, maybe educate yourself and like figure out how to mm-hmm. go about uh, talking to a person and maybe not offending them and that kind of thing um yeah i think it's a lifelong learning kind of thing and it's
1: like not just non-binary challenges so much about like there's just a lot around like expectation yeah and um your ability to like put somebody in a box where you can like understand what's coming next you Mm. know and it It challenges that because actually I was talking with a friend today about um wait so you're in film um I have yeah I have intimacy choreographer training and wow and um Lena you know Lena wait Lena w-a-i-t-h-e
0: that sounds very familiar I can't, can't
1: remember that She's a black lesbian filmmaker and she's really cool. Um, And she recently started uh, a production company and part of the production company is training a whole bunch of like intimacy choreographers. And I just think so often about how um, stuff happens because we've been fed a gripped about what intimacy looks like so naturally if one thing happens then it must lead to that and like that's not how it is there needs to be ongoing like ongoing understanding on both sides on or however many sides there are um (laughs) on all sides and we were talking about how like to, to to be an intimacy choreographer is like an inherently Queer thing because what you were saying is that like this script must be dissected. Like the actors are supposed to mm. be going at a uh, seven, but like according to like the heteronormative script, they're going at a ten. So like mm-hmm. ah, you must see that moment, you must dissect that moment, and you must say that does not work and provide like safe space to like um discover what does
0: (laughs) so it's pushing you to that level sorry
1: go ahead Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so it's pushing you to that level 10 but what does that look like and what does
1: yeah yeah and coming to like an understanding on all parts it's like it so i do dramaturgy in theater Mm -hmm. and like dramaturgy is um what is drama so dramaturgy is kind of like editing but also providing like research support but you're not the assistant director but you are like helping craft the world of the piece and like moment and some moment to moment stuff but in in like a real world example of intimacy choreography or like of like what an intimacy choreographer can do is like you get the script it says that they are making out (laughs) Um, now an inexperienced director or like a director who is not who does not care enough um, Mm -hmm. might say okay you two make out but that's not necessarily like that's obviously not really like a safe thing and if they're making out is it supposed to be like how well do they know each other what's the vibe what were they doing beforehand like yeah. Is this like a, is this a slow, smooth makeout, out? Or is this like, we just came home drunk from the bar, like, like hands above hips, hands below hips. Like what's the vibe? And you need to talk about that with the actors. And like, is it at a 10 or is it at a seven? Do you both like making out? Do you not both like making out? It's just that, um, like, Setting it up and being so specific so that everyone knows what's going to happen and is not like is not like why the fuck is your hand there? Oh right, I forgot. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah. <that's->
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cute. Yeah. For so, like I Yeah. Yeah. I I love intimacy choreography because it's and like you do that for not just like um like sensual like sexual scenes you do it for violence too because um like actors need to like you have to just it's work that you have to do that isn't always done and it should be done Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i mean that makes sense to like it's like another backstory so the more you know the better Mm you kind of thing Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like providing like safety and helping build the trust and making sure that that trust isn't, like, abused is, mm. like, part of the, is part of the job. Yeah. Hmm. Setting parameters.
2: Yeah. Makes me think of that scene cool. from the Woody Allen movie with Selena Gomez and whoever that oh. actor was. <laughs> I, know, I know.
0: Anything Woody Allen just creeps me <laughs> right out. Yeah, how this guy <laughs> <he>
2: making movies? <laughs> but, I mean...
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: there's that scene where the kids just walking up to a, a film set and they're just like they throw him into it because he knows the director and he's like sitting with selena gomez and they're just like okay now make out and they like do a couple takes of it it's like i mean that felt weird to watch and it felt yeah. weird all around so like, i can only imagine what that's like mm-hmm. uh, you know on
1: set mm-hmm. absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Any anything so you think, want to bring up about? I think Kristen, well, the way you introduced me to Dominique was about the buy someone a coffee thing. Uh, a statement. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry. So I I brought that up because I thought that was kind of like cool just because like again I always have this like mm-hmm. insecurity about like whether I'm patronizing people or not like mm-hmm. when, do, when does being helpful be patronizing so I don't know if I mm-hmm. what I gathered from what you said was like you know don't like DM your black friends and stuff just buy them a friggin coffee because you owe us one mm-hmm. so I, I just mm-hmm. thought that was really funny so where does that come from where do that ideas like come from
1: well actually it ha- it, it comes from like It's so funny. So what happened? You know, I think June is such a write-off month for me. I spent so much time putting stuff into spreadsheets and like (laughs) figuring out a system and just um, like recording information. And I had to make a separate bank account because it was terrifying. I had thousands of dollars in my account that was not mine, you see? And just like the stress of that because it was like people had donated Right. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of, this is a lot of money. Hmm. Um, And I essentially, yeah, I just, my banking was like, not a, not a mess, but it was just, I don't know. It's not, it's not like a calming activity to have money that is not yours in your bank account, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and to have to make spreadsheet for it and kind of account for it. I, yep.
1: I <laughs> yep. Yep. And just like, and, like, <laughs> what what was it? it was, I was very much, um, like, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I need to have, I need to have, um, like, a system in place. I need to start yeah. with, yeah, it was just a lot of, yeah. But what it comes from, for me, is, um, so wellness culture um has been co-opted by capitalism mm-hmm. uh you know it's like buy this 200 hundred dollar crystal bathe it in the moonlight and you know that's the crystal that will like get you good vibes uh mm. or like buy this endangered sage at sephora and <laughs> and like that will like that will cleanse you as like i <laughs> just I just don't yeah I just don't know but so I use the black coffee message because it's very like it's very exact people are like yes okay you know what I can get behind that but I mean behind the scenes it's very much about helping people like craft moments of care for themselves like for themselves and it comes from the idea that people and from the very personal connected to myself idea um, that people and black people specifically lose out on so much money because we have to like take care of ourselves after like dealing with racism. Mm. You you know, I was working a job and sometimes I would, I distinctly remember saving in front of my computer and not signing into my email address for like an hour because I didn't know what was going to be on the other side of like the login wall. And I, but I did know that it would probably like be something like triggering and dealing and just like dealing with anti-blackness and, and like that, like that's an hour of work that I lost out on because I had to do this self, like I had to do this self work yeah. to be able to even open my email address. And then, like the decompression time after doing the work and like reading the message and having to like sit down with myself afterwards and be like, okay, breathe. Yeah. And then like the time it's spent to like educate this person at my own job that I wasn't necessarily paid for. So. So like the black coffee fund for me is inherently tied to the idea that like people lose out on money because of racism, because it takes so much to deal with. So actually something really cute that happened in the first, so I did the first set of payments based off of this, like I I, um, posted cranes in the sky, like a drag video Mm -hmm. of it. And then people, um, and I was like team, like send money it's really hard right now because none of you are using friggin content warnings and they just i'm just seeing like so much black death on my friggin timeline and it's like inescapable and we are going through it right now and we could really use something to like craft a moment of care and um i sent money to these like two community leaders and (laughs) what they did is they made like giant amounts of jollof rice and then they delivered it to black community members. Mm. So it's that like paying it forward of like community care, yeah. you know, because as a community, we do know how to take care of ourselves. And if they'd like spent that money on like a really nice dinner for themselves, that would still have been totally valid. But like, they are not the only people who have who've, like taken the money and then like paid it forward. Yeah. You know? and yeah, that, i think that's what sorry yeah. oh no go on go
0: on go on <laughs> uh no i think that's like it's nice too because like i know in our earlier podcast like it kind of ties into the idea that it, it gives people an easy way to like help without being overwhelmed mm-hmm. by everything because it can be mm-hmm. extremely overwhelming i know when like i was going through my instagram it was just like you're bombarded with like places to donate and like petitions to sign and like I I tried my best but it was like how do you really know if you're making an impact kind of thing like Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the coffee thing is kind of a sweet way to yeah like you said craft a moment of care but also help Mm -hmm. other people like tangibly make someone's day better you don't have to like Mm -hmm. fix someone's life but like give them a happy moment um -hmm. a considerate kind of thing which I think we need to do more of to each other Mm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one
1: of my white friends paid for my nails to get done during Black History Month, and I was like, "Thank you. That's that's lovely. That's I love that. I love that. I got a really (laughs) cute manicure. Stunning.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: And and it's just stuff like it's just stuff like that that is yeah. I think essential and. Doable, and
0: um,
1: yeah. What am I? What am I saying? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I think we can. Does anyone have a? Does it's probably have
2: before, a, I feel like maybe <laughs> you, to tie it back to the accounting thing is you know, as mm-hmm. you were mentioning, it doesn't. It's not accounted for the time that you have and the effort that you spend on educating mm-hmm. someone and kind of talking, you know, uh, like debating with someone about a certain part of this issue. And so it's really nice when you can have a facility for getting some form of just love. And I think that that mm-hmm. kind of balance it out, right? Uh, I mean, it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's not going to solve all the problems, yeah. but in a sense, I think that you've mm-hmm. kind of created this um, facility for and this mechanism mm-hmm. for people to give back um, to really kind of make an impact. And I think mm-hmm. I love it.
1: Yeah, and um, I, like, I have help. I, very early on, I was like, hmm, this is eating me alive because, just because of, like, the, just the note-taking and making sure that everybody who has asked for money is getting the money and making sure that, just, like, keeping like record keeping it's a beautiful spreadsheet by the way it's like a truly beautiful (laughs) spreadsheet one of my one of my like best friends from um elementary school high school like we still Mm -hmm. like we're still best best friends has been um pretty essential (laughs) Mm -hmm. in in um record keeping and then another one of my best friends has been like responsible for communicating to people and um we're maybe going to make like a little landing page website Mm -hmm. that we can all put in our bios. And the thing is, is that I don't know that this will be permanent because I don't want to turn it into a nonprofit Mm. because like nonprofits are. So the thing about charity is the people that can afford to do charity are often white because it's paid less well. Um, like and often you have to start out unpaid and like you see this problem like you see this problem in most industries is that the people that can afford to do unpaid interns or un- unpaid internships are like are like often they have connections yeah yeah, yeah. and like non like the nonprofit, and like there's like white saviorism is like a major like a major problem um so i like i wanted to be a community fund an initiative Mm -hmm. that hopefully goes away one day because like um because it becomes obsolete wouldn't that be a dream that this becomes obsolete wouldn't that like wouldn't that be great that there that it becomes like that there is no purpose for it wouldn't that be great i amazing what you want to Right? Wouldn't you want to live in that world?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I will. Yeah, definitely. It yeah. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um it's funny. You actually. I just kind of go back to what you said before about like, like cancel culture. I wanted to bring that up with you <laughs> because I was. I had a couple <laughs> questions. Like, basically, I think people are a lot more enlightened than they used to be. At least I, I like to hope mm-hmm. that they are. Uh at mm-hmm. least these things are more out in the open and people are like, you know, less uncomfortable talking about them. Like every issue really. But I still feel like, you know, I'm wondering about it, like, is it is it a possibility that people can educate themselves and grow or should they always be held accountable mm-hmm. for what they've said back in like the day, you know, see a lot of like celebrities yeah. and stuff getting like things they said like 20 years ago, and then like them bringing mm-hmm. them back up and like basically taking away their whole like livelihood because of it. Like, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Well, what I think about it
1: is basically like the Dixie Chicks got canceled. You know, the Dixie Chicks are an example yeah. of cancel culture. Sorry, the Chicks. They're called the Chicks now. The chicks um, now. Yeah. yeah, the Chicks now. Like they are a living, breathing example of like cancel culture always existing. Mm-hmm is the thing. So like the only, th- the only difference now kind of is like who has the power and like Louis C.K. got in quotation marks canceled but what did he also get? A Netflix special, like mm-hmm. I just don't. So my thing about cancel culture is like one, I don't know if it actually exists except for like in community and like who are the most expendable people in community. They're often like black and brown, like trans people that, um, like there's this term lateral violence, which is something that I think about a lot. And it lateral violence is like used to describe what is it used to describe? Probably I'm like butchering this. Somebody, somebody like did an entire thesis, an entire PhD doctorate on lateral violence, and here I am talking about it in 30 seconds. Um, but there's this thing about the way, basically like lateral violence is the way that you, like we hurt each other, not hurt each other, but like the, like cutting people off from community. But then I also think about like what do, um, like what do like victims want, you know, and if what, um, it's like, what, uh, like, if what, like, one of the women that Lucy K, like, sexually abused, wants, mm-hmm. is for him to never, like, make another comedy comedy special, then, like, I care more, like, I care about that person, and if what, um.
0: Yeah, I just,
1: what is it about cancel culture? I think it's always existed, but most of the time the people that were getting canceled are, like, people like the chicks who were saying something against, like, the dominant culture. Like, they were anti-Bush, they were anti they were anti-Iraq war, and they got destroyed. <laughs> um, yeah, and, so you
0: actually, that kind of, yeah. I didn't really think of it like that, actually, because mm-hmm. I noticed, like, like you said, like, the Dixie Tricks got canceled, and then wasn't it, like, mm-hmm. I think, was it Chris Rock or Kevin Hart? He made mm-hmm. a comment, like, a while ago, and he was, like, yeah. no, like, I shouldn't have to apologize for this, and then he took him off, like, I don't know, was it Oscars? Um hmm hmm and, and I think from his perspective, he was just, like, you know what, like, I've had to fight hard enough to get here, like, just as a black mm-hmm. entertainer, and, like, I said this, like, how many years ago? And you're going to start dragging me through the mud and making me apologize for this. But then, like you say, there's, like, the Louis C.K. who are still on Netflix. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, who was that? Yep, Is his name Ed Westwick, the guy from Gossip Girl? He, like, gets to yeah. the fall thing. And I just, I just saw him, like, being, like, like, like um, complimented on like some sort of lifestyle magazine or something and like oh look at his Instagram post how hot he is and I'm like didn't we like cancel this guy isn't he like a racist like like what's mm-hmm. happening here but now that you say that it's kind of registering like oh they're actually both just white males and yeah. like the others were like a black man and and women mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's really interesting that you uh pointed that out. Mm-hmm. So like cancel culture so I'm actually
1: I think I have a reputation. So, okay. I have two reputations from the people that know me. They know that I will like call you in. They know that I will like, Mm -hmm. um, they know that I will like take the time to explain something. I will explain it in my own time. I mean, I think it took me a month to like respond to your Instagram DM asking for like Mm -hmm. the podcast and I will like respond to you when I have the energy to and like most of the time I will also say, Hmm, you know what? I don't have the energy to respond to you right now, but like message me in a couple of weeks. And that is just because, and like having that boundary is something that I've had to do so that I don't burn out.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: and like people that know me, know I will do that. But I also think that I have a rep that I have a quotation marks reputation of like being someone who like who, who, canceled and it's very much like you know what i do not want to cancel you i do not want to cancel you like i will reach out i will like i will provide resources i will provide my like time and labor to explain this to you um because i do want community but if you are going to pretend that the community is great and good for everyone, then there is no conversation to be had because it is not. I think you know? it's just, there like are people the way, who,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, people address it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes people mm-hmm. will want to sweep it under the rug. Like you we were talking about in the Ugh. beginning. And then there's times mm-hmm. where people will own up to it and say, okay, yeah, I have said that. And can we perhaps move on? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I do make apologies for it. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, they actually make an Mm -hmm. effort to um you know turn over a new leaf or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. perhaps maybe like we shouldn't just cancel them outright maybe there's a a time for reconciliation or whatever it takes um Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah just opening up a dialogue with those people right
0: yeah Yeah, Yeah. and allow them to be allow them to be accountable for what they've said or done and And then I think what you're saying is if they don't, then that's the problem. You're not acknowledging this.
1: Yeah. If you are uninterested in acknowledging the divides that exist that are there, if you're trying to paint the, like, if you are, this is, uh, I think I messaged you about, like, I, like, for me, I had to, like, really reclaim my negativity Mm. because I think, um, because, like, for um racialized like for racialized people to and especially like i 'm not a black woman i would more more so describe myself as like a black nonbinary person, mm-hmm. but for like black women especially um and like there's miso- like there's misogyny tied into it and misogyny misogynoir is like the specific term for describing misogyny towards black women because it 's inter because um the way that it's so tied to race and and gender But um, the Massage Noir tells you that, like, if you speak, like, if you speak out against stuff, if you're critical of stuff, if you do not take everything that is handed to you, then like, you're a black bitch. You're difficult. You're Mm. um, you're a diva. Diva is a term that gets used,
2: like the default, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Diva is a term that gets used a lot and I have had to spend a lot of time figuring out how to like advocate for myself like I am like I'm a plus size person so sometimes skinny photographers do not know how to take photos of me Mm. and um I will tell them I will tell them I will be like hmm you know that angle that you're using like yeah I want to be okay with it because body positivity and like we should learn how to appreciate fat bodies from all sides from all angles but i will also be like um you know that's not the one that's yeah. not the one and like <laughs> you need to learn how to take photos
0: yeah. you know like, you know your, your angles people.
1: Are, are, you know. i know my angles i know my angles <laughs> yeah. i spent so much time in front of a camera what do you mean like mm-hmm. and like reclaiming like reclaiming my negativity and i like i critique I critique a lot but I critique because I believe it can be better because I believe that like more people deserve representation but also more people deserve to be behind behind the scenes there's this um there's this Netflix movie that just came out and like my my partner was describing it to me um and he was like yeah you know most Netflix movies are like most Netflix like superhero stuff is like missing something but like this is great and then I like I was on Instagram and I saw a Tumblr post that was talking about who the production team was Mm -hmm. and like what sort of what the story sort of was and I'm like oh you know why you like this movie do you know why it's good he's like why like because it's directed by a woman (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) you know because it is a less like it's it's a less like it's not like
0: gritty they're,
1: in this yeah. specific way. Like it, it's like untied from machismo, from
0: mm-hmm. like
1: toxic masculinity. I believe that there is positive masculinity to be clear. But, and um, yeah, and he was like, ah, oh, you know what? That actually, that makes a lot of sense. These characters are like fleshed out. They're not just like, um, they're not just like violence in human form. Yeah. Cool.
2: I wonder what this series is because, yeah,
1: there's like so um, many um, that are
2: bad, and then I've seen a couple of really yeah. good ones lately that mm-hmm. do make you really mm-hmm. think. And yeah, you know, looking at the production team behind it, you definitely see some people mm-hmm. who are like advocates for like character development and actual like
3: mm-hmm.
2: real people and not like a cardboard cutout of what it what a s- superhero looks like, you know. So.
1: Yeah, I think it's called, it's it's the Netflix one with Charlize Theron in it. Oh. It just came out. It's called, is it The Underground? I don't know. There are mortals in it. And apparently like they're, they're yeah. like, a fun version of it Yeah, mortals. I
2: remember seeing, so I watched yeah. that recently and looking at the credits, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, directed by a, a woman. And I don't know if she wrote yeah. it as well, but amazing. Like that was, that was a, really good. Um,
1: yeah, and they felt like full people, right? yeah
2: <laughs> definitely plugging that that film
1: <laughs> but it just you know, became a review episode
2: yeah which is all good yeah. um mm-hmm. so i guess uh, as we're kind of at the ed- end of our time here you know i think mm-hmm. maybe some of the things we didn't cover perhaps was like how can people uh what can people do for a cause that they believe in mm-hmm. you know you yourself your yeah. public speaking You know, you're collecting donations. Uh, Where do people spend their time? How do they kind of give back? And, you know, what attitude should they kind of have towards?
1: Well, Uh, there was this tweet I read, and it was so, it was so funny. Um, But it was like, the Black Panther Party had a list of readings you had to do before you went into the street with them so you didn't embarrass them. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I... Has started like that. Like I've started um, trying to read theory. I will admit it's not my favorite thing to do, but I think it is important because, like, I believe that like housing is a human right. Like I believe that. um, No, I just believe I. Okay, so I believe that if there that there is enough wealth in the world so that nobody ever has to go hungry again, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also enough food that like gets that gets wasted that farmers need need to waste because of like certain corporate directives that um and like you remember when gas was 99 cents during covid and now what is it it's back up to like 132 or something Mm -hmm. because it was like more expensive for them to store it in barrels than to um than to sell it so i also believe that we should like be going towards like solar energy and that um gas companies have spent a lot of money making that uh really hard for people um but those are so those are beliefs that i have but i should it's important to be able to back them up and actually i had a really great conversation with someone when i started the black coffee fund where i was like yeah it's like for self it's for um like it's so that you can like buy yourself dinner. And I'm like, but wait, that's me feeding into certain like capitalist ideas of self of self care. Like if I mm-hmm. use that messaging, if I instead of saying like instead of saying buy yourself dinner, if I say something like craft yourself a moment of care, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Like maybe your moment of care is like getting your taxes done and being able to pay somebody to do your taxes. Right. You know? And
3: yeah.
1: like the ability to take care of yourself in this society is inherently tied to capital. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I had a good like check in with somebody who was like, yeah, you know, I'm more anti-capitalist. I'm like, well, you know, some of the some a lot of the messaging for the fund so far has been like kind of capitalist. Like I have to, if this is something that I believe in, then I need to challenge that within the messaging of the fund. Mm-hmm. So stuff for people to do is like, it is so important to actually like read Asada Shakur, like mm-hmm. um, listen to James Baldwin interviews. Um, I would, there are other people you can read instead of marks and I would recommend reading them mm-hmm. because well, yeah,, but like there are people that you can read, and having those understandings is so important. Um, my friend uh Hugh, just the letter, recently mm-hmm. compiled a giant list of reading resources for an organization, and then they put them all in a in a like link tree on their Instagram, so it's yeah. just really important to read these things so that you have firm foundations behind your ideas so that you can understand them so that you can move forward, so that you can provide support. And um, yeah, and like sign sign petitions when they come around, but also you it's so important to like set reasonable goals for yourself yeah. and to understand how you are participating in white supremacy. Like mm-hmm. it's important for you to like, look and self-reflect and go hmm like wow none of my black friends stuck around why is that (laughs) like there's like two people of color in my friend circle and they don't come to parties unless one of them is coming too. like hmm why could that be
0: (laughs) you know because yeah that kind of that ties back into your whole premise you said in the beginning of like making spaces for people to feel included yeah and Kind of reflecting back on like, is this space comfortable for people of color? Or for a non-binary mm-hmm. person? Like, what am I doing mm-hmm. to encourage those people to come along? Mhm.
1: Um, mhm. Yeah. Like, do you introduce yourself with your pronouns when you introduce yourself to someone? Like, are you making it a safe space to open to like open up that that dialogue? Like. Yeah. And if you if you don't, then. Um, and if there are people, and if you like bring trans friends to people that like maybe haven't done the work to be uh, to like remember the pronouns yet, then like you have to you have to um, you have to like acknowledge like what spaces you're bringing people into, and like be on- be honest with yourself. My friend recently, um, I went to an outdoor barbecue in Chilliwack, mm-hmm. and I had a really honest conversation with my friend that was just so supportive. Yeah. Like I had an honest conversation with my friend before the um, before the. Before the event where she was like, yeah, okay, this person, um, was an ass the last time you met him, and you probably don't want to talk to him again. And I'm like, hmm. fantastic. And you know what I did at the party? I did not talk to him. Mm-hmm. He was. I I did not make eye contact with him. Like I did not. I did not say a single thing to him. But my pronouns were respected the entire time at the party. I had some great conversations with people that were not him. But like, you need to be able to name what you've made comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I need to take
0: a quick pause.
2: Um,
0: sure. Okay.
1: So um just a second. Did you get the phone number?
3: Yeah, it's all on my phone. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I thought that Vansity had forgotten to return my phone call, but apparently they had just called my home phone. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. home phone? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't we don't always just
0: use cell phones.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, cool. so yeah. is there is there anything else like any foundations or causes or places where people can donate that you'd like to share or initiatives or Instagram to follow. We can well, I was going to say, I'll probably add some
2: links to to this podcast, you know.
0: Yeah, to, yeah exactly. Include. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: my Instagram is at Caillou period, sexy period ass period cousin. Caillou sexy ass cousin because mm-hmm. I'm quite often bald. <laughs> um, but I'm Something like a project that I have in the works that I think has been semi halted by COVID is um, so Hogan's Alley is something that is like like you ha- we had an art we had a black art neighborhood in the city and then they destroyed it to build a viaduct mm. um, so I think that like the echoes of that in terms of like art spaces for black people within the city have just like been felt. I mean, as a Black artist, I would say I feel it like yeah. the absence, the lack. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm producing a all Black and Indigenous cabaret. Uh, it'll be burlesque, burlesque and drag. It's like in the works. So if anybody's listening to this who has like a sweet, accessible venue hookup, let me know. Um, and. So cool. Like, that's something that I'm working on that I'm hoping will be a really community-based project that um, just, like, makes space for, like, something new, for, like, a better party. That's
3: awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. Amazing. And, plug, and Q's Instagram, with all the resources in the link tree, like, so many. So many. So, so many.
2: Just the letter Q, right?
1: Yeah, it's Q, just the letter, is their Instagram handle. Q, just the letter. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Perfect. I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
2: Really happy to have you here, Dominique, and
3: to chat with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you, and thanks for being an amazing um inspiration to myself and everybody who is getting yeah. involved. And and it's nice to see like young people as well, fighting for important mm-hmm. causes. Because we are the future. So <laughs> we are. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just, it's been a pleasure.